Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello, Fightful Faithful. Uh, Welcome to another post-Tuesday NXT daily sweet and sour graps, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Pulaski. NXT is good. It's good. It's not 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 great. It hasn't been great for a while. Uh, it, it it it's it's hard to get invested when you know that the top brass on the main roster sees this as like double A ball, and that sucks because there are a lot of people on this brand that I love. And want to see succeed at the highest level. And they're never going to be able to do that. Because on the main roster, we have people in charge who think that NXT is a joke. Which isn't isn't great. There were a lot of things that happened on NXT. And most of what I want is for things to happen. Um, And then after that, I'd like those things that happen to be good, to be leading somewhere good. And a lot of these things I feel like are. But it feels like this is all happening somewhere else. It's It feels like this might as well be like watching, I don't know, Impact or Ring of Honor or whatever. Not AEW, certainly not AEW, but like some some other much smaller company that's in no way related to WWE. Because when WWE comes a-calling and poaches some people from NXT, once they get to once they get to Raw or SmackDown, who knows if they'll even be heel or face like they used to be? Uh, maybe they'll be jobbing. Uh, may, maybe they'll be in a completely convoluted, uncorresponding 
storyline. It, it's it's like it's like when when WWE used to used to sign somebody from from another from from somebody else and, and bring them over and and debut them and be like, none of what you did elsewhere matters. And and that's what's going on now. If you didn't hear that, not only was Cross supposed to not only did Cross lose last week. But he was supposed to lose again to Jeff Hardy last night. So, please subscribe to Fightful Select. That's the best way to support this site. It's the best way to support me because I go over there and do shows two times a week. Including one after this where I'm going to talk about last night's Raw. Please also put in, put in a super chat. Donate a super chat to us. It also pays for all the writers on staff. Pays for the podcasters. It pays our salaries. Um, and when you do a super chat, then I get to read it on the air. Uh, for example, WWE Mark says, am I the only one who feels NXT is boring? Feels very meaningless and repetitive. Aside from Dakota stuff, uh, Dakota stuff, this episode was meh in my opinion. Um, I think there was a lot of good stuff on the show, but overall it does feel kind of meaningless. Because we know what happens when they wind up uh, going anywhere else. Ricardo, Elidolo del Distraccion, says that Cross, Gonzalez, and Reed are all main roster bound. Well, two of them we, we know. Cross is definitely main roster bound. Reed certainly looks like it. Gonzalez, I don't know. They could easily have her defeat Dakota Kai. Oops, spoiler alert. We'll talk about that later. Um, but let's talk about um, NXT. Because there was... There was uh, a, 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 a good, a good, some good stuff. Some the in ring was uniformly very, very good. I thought there was some, some things that weren't that were more sloppy than others. But on the whole, I thought the in ring was good. Um, and like I said, it progressed a lot of storylines, and that's also good. That's what we we're hoping for. So let's start out with um with a match that I was that uh, was highly. Uh, anticipated by myself. It was Tommy and Timmy versus Pete and Oni um, in in the match of uh, who who is the biggest badass slash best technical wrestler wrestler on the roster. Pete seems to think he's both things. Tommy and Timmy think they are each one of those, and Oni's just there along for the ride. Um, this is a badass tag match with a lot of really cool stuff. The, the the opening bit with with Pete and Timmy just just going all over the mat and 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 grabbing like yeah, blah, yeah. there's this this I don't know why I said it like blah, 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 which is my sound that I make that I assume they're making though we can't hear it um uh when when uh, when they're doing all those transitional moves on the mat, like counters into into holds, into counters into other holds, yeah, man, yeah, that was pretty good stuff. And then Champa got to be angry and hit people hard, and Pete got to do everything he does, and Oni got to throw some crazy European uppercuts. I really enjoyed the match. Now the finish is very main roster WWE. And unfortunately, it's it's hard to get away from that right now. It just is. This w, that's the, that's the influence the WWE is always going to wreak on this brand. 
But there were two very main roster, well, a couple of them. One of them is un, one of them. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna forgive. Uh, three of them. Uh, the two that I'm recalling, two of them actually progressed real storylines towards something. One involved a return in this match. Um, there was a great spot where um, Oni was trying to go in and break up uh, a Fujiwara armbar by Champa on Pete, and Timmy Timmy reached in, pulled him out into an ankle lock on the outside. And who comes from behind the barricade but old Ridge Holland. Remember Ridge Holland? Um, back during the Monday night, uh, sorry, Wednesday night wars, when I, when I was on, when I, I think that was during the, the Warren and Louie era where I was covering NXT every week. I, I refer to him as a sentient slab of beef. Um, nothing's changed. Um, but uh, he's back. He wrecked his knee in a match versus Oni Lorcan accident, actually. He's come back to, to help Pete. I think the plan was always for Pete to be part of this whole thing, Pete and Ridge together. Uh, and then Ridge got hurt. So they figured out a way for like Pat, uh, Pat um, McAfee who had originally hired Ridge Holland to take out Adam Cole. Like, well, the guy that took out my guy, I'm going to hire him. So he hired Oni and and Danny to like be part of it. And that's how Oni and Danny turned heel for money for Pat McAfee money. Um, but Ridge is back. I agree with him helping Pete, but I don't know why he's helping Oni. I'm glad to have him back. It's it's interesting. Like thing after the match, uh, he they make Champa watch while he just systematically destroys Tim Thatcher. I mean, I'm not in love with that, but I, I mean, there's 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 always a place in our, on a roster for a sentient slab of beef, uh, and I think Ridge Holland will fill that role admirably. But um, I I thought that um, that m- there was a moment where Oni was looking at Ridge like, uh, "Do you blame me for your leg exploding when you caught me when I did a, a dive over the top rope?" And you didn't have your your feet planted correctly. Do you rugby player? Do you do you blame me for that? Oni was given the side eye, and Ridge apparently like that part of his memory was erased when 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 that when his leg shattered. I don't know. Maybe it's as, it's as plausible an explanation as any to 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 to, to, to determine why he doesn't blame Oni for that injury. Later, as they're as they're leaving. Somebody catches him in the parking lot and, and says, uh, hey, Ridge, what happened? Hey, look, it's not the first person I've destroyed, but it won't be the last over. And he leaves. I don't, I don't really think that's an accurate um, impression of Ridge Holland, but I've only heard him speak like once. So give me time. Uh, the Nerd Guru sends a super chat. Thank you, Nerd Guru. Uh, says that he's very excited for my sour grabs tonight. That main event segment was unforgivable and yet not surprising in the least. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Nerguru also says that he wishes that we saw Champa's reaction to the burial of NXT. 
He says, I have to imagine it hit him the hardest. Probably wants to wring Vince's neck. It's psychotic. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. And yes, I imagine the guys uh, who who stayed in NXT voluntarily says, I will stay here. I want to build this place. I don't want to go to the main roster. I know what that place does to people. Or the people who are in NXT and will never be called up. Like, just won't. Like, I don't, I don't think Adam Cole's ever going to the main roster. And why would he? Like, there's no way Vince picked book. If Vince isn't going to book Karrion Cross strong, why the hell would Vince book Adam Cole strong? That's bad. No. I, so, yeah, I think the people who were like, I'm stuck here for whatever reason in NXT and, and, and Vince is destroying us. That's not great. Uh, let's see what happened. Let's see what well, the next thing that happened was that great. Uh, I think it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> There's a video package for Carmelo Hayes. I really like Carmelo Hayes. Uh, we'll talk more about his match later. Um, we 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 get um, uh, hit row from the back, uh, dropping warnings to both Imperium, who called them out as like tangentially like. Uh, we are here because we like to wrestle the good way, and everybody else is a bunch of chumps. So, you best get in line, because to us, the mat is sacred. Um, that's not an impression of Marcel Bartel. That's just like a, a generic German guy from an old World War II movie. Or no, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's, it's, the, it's the really evil guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, that guy? Like, where is Dr. Jones? Now, <laughs> what should we talk about? That's, that, that's, that's that, that guy. Which would be kind of fun if that's how Marcel Bartel talked, but he doesn't. Um, Hit Row basically saying, Let's, we're going to beat up those guys, but also we're going to take out um, uh, Legado del Fantasma. That's who we're really feuding with. Uh, and... Um, I don't know. I don't know B-Fab's lineage. She looks like she might be, I don't know, part Puerto Rican? Something like that? Maybe? I don't know. But she speaks Spanish fluently. Top dollar less so. But some, some Spanish, she speaks it fluently. And I love the idea of Hit Row having her around and Legado de Fantasma, like, trying to, like, talk amongst themselves and say insults to Hit Row. And she's like, ah, no, no, I, I heard everything you said. I think that's good. Legado de Fantasma versus uh, Hit Row uh, is just beginning. And thankfully, because uh, there are all kinds of matches I want to see there. Um, The big next thing that I think was awesome is is Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe has a new shirt. By the way. Part of what's going on on the main roster with the Nikki A.S.H. character is they haven't released merch for her. And she seems like kind of like there to sell merch, like shirts and dolls and masks and, you know, little little things that have a butterfly with lightning bolts come out of it. Like little little plaques you can put in your room or whatever. Uh, Capes that have the butterfly logo on it. She seems like a merch machine. Like that's why you have a gimmick like that to like so kids will be like mommy daddy buy me this you know 
Uh, but they don't. They don't have any of those things for her. They also don't have a single shirt, apparently, this is what I've been told, for Raquel Gonzalez, who's been the women's champion for months now in NXT. But Samoa Joe has a brand new shirt. And while I think if Samoa Joe can get a brand new shirt, Raquel Gonzalez should definitely have a shirt or two or three. Um, I will not slander Samoa Joe's new shirt because it's an A+. It just has his logo here in the middle of the chest, and then above it, it says, Provoke Me. And that's perfect. All black, white lettering, white logo, Provoke Me. And that's an A+, right there. I'm, I'm in love. He, he walks down and he's carrying a, what we know to be a contract folder. Cause that's the only thing that ever comes in one of those folders. And he's carrying that with him. He's also carrying a, a steel chair and he goes down the ring with that. And he also uh, uh, brings, and he brings in a, a folding table, a small one, sets that up, gets a mic. Uh, and he says, um, I know you're too much of a gutless coward to be in the building tonight. Now, I don't know, was this the segment that they had to, like, reshoot entirely because the fans were serenading Cross with Hardy, 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 which is why you don't ever tape a segment like that a day after he lost to Jeff Hardy. But um, I I think um, it may have been a different segment because Cross wasn't anywhere in this. Maybe they had to take him out of there so nobody would chant at him, Hardy, 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 Hardy. Um, but he, he says, uh, cross is too much of a gutless coward. So William Regal, you come out and Regal comes out and Regal, uh, is there, but he never gets a mic. So, uh, uh, Joe just gives, gives a monologue. I can see the rage behind your eyes. I know what you're going to do. I know that you were planning to fire cross tonight, carrying cross tonight. And Regal's like, he just nods. Like, I have a much better solution, a much better way to satisfy both of our needs in three easy steps. This is an amazing segment by Joe. And also Regal, considering the fact that Regal doesn't get a chance to say anything. What a great segment this was. Um, step one, he opens the folder, which is laid on the table. With this piece of paper, this is my resignation from NXT management. I quit and just flings it onto the, onto the canvas of the ring. Great moment. And Regal just watches it flutter to the floor. Wonderful. But with this paper, this, with your signature, I am fully reinstated to the active roster of NXT. And Regal looked like, mm-hmm. he takes the pen and he writes it. He signs it. Ah, so now Samoa Joe is a full-fledged member of the roster again. And then, here's the third step. There's still step three. With this other paper, you can make Joe versus Cross official for the NXT title at TakeOver 36. And the fans go nuts. Regal looks at Joe and he signs the contract and the fans thank, chant, thank you, Regal. And then Joe gets paperwork and he leaves. This was amazing. Now, This obviously achieves the thing we want, which is Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross. And if Karrion Cross is going to the main roster imminently, which uh, he is, 
He's on there every week. He squashed, basically squashed poor Keith Lee last night. He's on the main roster now. What a wonderful opportunity to get the title off of him in a way that would make the, the crowd were, go apeshit. They would pop so hard for Samoa Joe beating Karrion Cross. So let, let's do that. Can we do that, please? Also, now, Sean Ross Sapp is the scoopster of Fightful. I am, will no, in no way uh, say that I could ever replace him or do his job even a half as well as he does. Even a quarter as well, an eighth as well, a sixteenth as well. But I have it on good authority. According to my sources. Now we know Regal wasn't mic'd up in that exchange, but he was mouthing some stuff. And I have some lip readers on staff who have sent me a transcription of what William Regal said when Samoa Joe was talking to him. When Samoa Joe uh, says, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I I, I know you're planning on firing Karrion Cross tonight. You're, you're damn right I'm going to fire him. I'm going to fire that piece of, that piece of ah, fire him into the sun. I will fire him. That's what he said. Um, he says, ah, but I've got a better way. Aha, a, a better way, you say. I'm all he is. Um, uh, uh, step one, <clears throat> I tender my resignation. Well, I'm certainly sorry to see you go. Um, Joseph, I wish you the best in your future endeavors. But... There's the second piece of paper. Ah, what? What's the second piece of paper? Um, sign this, and I'm fully reinstated back as an active member of the roster. Ah, I like the cut of your jib, Joseph. Yes, I see where you're going with this. I shall sign this piece of paper, but there's an addendum, I feel. I feel like there's a third step here. Oh, you've already told me there's a third step, yes. Well, I will sign this piece of William, yes, that's my name, and Regal, yes, wonderful course now what is this third step to your plan now sign this third piece of paper and it will allow me to have a match versus carrying cross at takeover 36 samoan joseph i've taught you well you know everything that i'm going to do of course i will sign this of course i will godspeed samoan joseph i hope you choke the life out of that bastard that's what he said that's what William Regal said to Samoa Joe. Sorry, the fans demand that I do an impression of William Regal every week, so. Yeah, uh, some, uh, still Justin Lopez, Justin Lopez says that uh, Joe should be the first three-time champ. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, that would be wonderful. He, he deserves that honor. Since he never really won much of anything when he was on the main roster, make him a three-time, four-time, five-time NXT champ. You know? Th th those championships apparently don't count once you get to the main roster because Charlotte listed all of their titles, didn't list that one. Five-time SmackDown Women's Champion, five-time Raw Women's Champion, one-time and final Divas Champion, those NXT championships just vanished into the ether. Didn't happen. Uh, so let me see. I want to make sure I do not miss any of these super chats because sometimes they get away from me. Okay, uh, I have one about, uh, this one says, from Aaron Entertainment says, Grimes just gets better every week. 
Oh my God, yes, he does. That's the next segment. Um, wow. Still, Justin Lopez also has a has a super chat about the end of Raw last night. I almost won. That's what that's what the champion women's division on Raw said. I almost won. Come on, man. This is supposed to be wrestling, not Barney. Barney the purple dinosaur. All right. Um <clears throat> Remember when I said Cameron Grimes losing and becoming LA Knight's butler? Um it's just a content factory. It's it, they're just it's just it just we can just churn out content every week. Let's keep thinking of ideas. What are some funny things? What are some marginally not funny things that Cameron Grimes can make funny because he's so damn good at this? Uh, last week, Cameron Grimes had to punch Drake Maverick in the face. Because he's a man of his word and he has to be LA Knight's butler. I, I didn't love that so much. I loved this. I loved this. Um, on the golf course earlier today, LA Knight's on the golf course and uh, Cameron Grimes just has to be his caddy. Now, I mean, LA Knight is just dressed as the most douchey douche who ever douched. And, um, and, but Cameron Grimes, of course, is having fun. He's got a bright lime green polo and, and shorts and this crazy floppy plaid hat. And then the camera pulls back at one point and you see that he's wearing shorts, but he's wearing really like high, knee high green socks to match his top, I guess, and cowboy boots on the golf course, which I'm pretty sure they don't like you to do. But I don't care because it was hilarious. The whole thing starts out with the whole thing starts out with like, golly, how long do you want me to wash your balls for? I've been watching your balls for for a half hour. Hey, how why why should I wash your balls for so long? Hey, Mister Knight, what do you want extra soap on this ball washing? It's great. Um. Uh, yes, unfortunately, the nerd guru. So, Grimes on the main roster over under two weeks for his 24-7 geek. <sighs> I'm going to say over, over two weeks. Uh, I think eventually he gets there, but I, I do think Vince McMahon would think he's hilarious. Like, like Riddle, Riddle is a fairly recent call-up that McMahon loves and keeps on TV all the time. Why? Because he pops Vince McMahon. He makes Vince McMahon laugh. You're, you're, you're the funny guy, the, the stupid, the stupid guy. Um, the stupid stoner guy. Uh, and, uh, and that's, it's a, it's a stereotype. But that's kind of the only thing that Vince traffics in. So that's why Riddle's on TV every week, because he make, he makes Vince laugh. I think Cameron Grimes would make Vince laugh and would get a similar spot on a roster to what, to what Riddle's doing right now, simply because the guy can work, 
uh, and his his character work is absolutely perfect. So, yeah. Um. So, uh, <laughs> give me the driver. Well, I'm I'm your driver because <laughs> see, Cameron Grimes doesn't play golf. The gimme, okay, that's not a driver, that's a sandwich. Here we go. Um, hey, how about this? Um, I'll bet you one thousand dollars that you're gonna hit the ball right into them trees over there. And uh, say, I'm not gonna do that. Well, then five thousand dollars, <laughs> uh, to the moon. Uh, <laughs> and so Knight ends up saying, Yes, I will do that. Uh, and then he hits the ball into the woods. You owe me five thousand dollars, <laughs> which of course pissed night pisses night off. Um, so we'll, I'm going to do all of these all these uh, grime stuff. Uh, he's um, he distracts La Knight. This is later in the show. There's three separate uh, scenes, causes him to hit a golf ball into the water. Now, uh, uh, you hit it right, right right into the water. Can you swim? Oh yeah, I can swim. Then you're gonna go get it, but of course, uh, it's it didn't even hit it into the water very far. So he is it's in up to his boots when 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 he gets it. Um, but uh, it's like, hey, I found your ball. Uh, but then Ted DiBiase drives up. That what what a coinkydink. He happens to be on the same golf course. Um, what are you doing, kid? Um. Well, I I thought you'd be upset when I didn't do what I was what I said I would do when I lost the match. Um, you you were born to be a champion, not a butler. Um, you can fight what you want because you're a fight for fighter. You need to think about that. So, some words of encouragement from Ted DiBiase on the golf course. And so Grimes like hmm. Uh, and then hold on, one last one. Um, where is it? Okay, so yes, um, LA Knight and and Cameron Grimes are over there, uh, and the grizzled young veterans have matching outfits. We haven't seen them in a while. Good to see the GYV. They have matching matching outfits, and they've caught up, and they want to play through on the same golf course. There's only one golf course in the WWE. I was gonna say universe, multiverse. And they're all there, right? The WWU or whatever. Real Wrestling Universe. Um, and um, everybody's there on the same day. And uh, so so uh, now you don't disrespect me. Um, you don't disrespect him. He is, he is, he is a million-dollar champion. Don't respect him. Um, you owe, he owes me $10,000, but you shouldn't disrespect him. So... Uh, how about a double or nothing bet for twenty thousand uh, dollars? And Cameron Grab is like, "You're on." That like, don't you ever speak for me again. Um, who is whoever can hit the ball in to the hole over there first gets all the money, twenty thousand bucks. Um. So, uh, night is up, but he hits in the ball in the water again. Um, and Grimes is like, "Ha ha ha!" Well, you do it if you think you're so good. And so Grimes steps up, and Knight has his back turned directly behind, which is terrible. And the back swing goes right up between his legs, hits him in the balls. Then he turns around, 
and it gets hit in the back of the head by the by the follow through, and the ball goes all the way to the green. Right? It's like go, go, baby. Then he says, "Oh no, sit, sit, sit," which is golf speak for "don't roll too far." And it goes right into the hole, hole in one. <laughs> and Grimes is like, "Oh look at that, I did it." Um. And and then uh, he blames the shots on on Gibson and Drake, which is weird because like Knight should not and maybe he has memory loss, but he chases them away. Well, Grimes is like, "Hey, golf! Look at I love golf. Golf is so much fun." Uh, this had no right to be good. On paper, this is the same shit, basically, that like the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders did for months a year ago. And that shit was awful. This is great. Why? Cameron Grimes. That's the only reason. He's that good at what he does. So I anticipate a tag match of the GYV versus Knight and Grimes with the $20,000 on the line or whatever. And then, you know, Knight will lose the match and he'll blame Grimes for it and they'll get another match for the for the million dollar thing or whatever with the butler butlership on the line or whatever. It was actually really, really good. This was a, this was a really, really good thing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really loving Cameron Grimes. His work is just stellar. I'm really happy for him. So the next thing is the first round of the breakout tournament. Um, it's, it's Carmelo Hayes versus Josh Briggs. We saw an earlier, um, video packages for both of them. Um, they finally reveal a black bracket. Um, there've already been two first round matches. This is the third and they're finally revealing the third, the, the bracket. Now the bracket, the bracket sucks. I'm sorry. It does. The bracket sucks. The, the the two people who they have obviously put the most stock in right now, like just from how often they show up on TV, are Carmelo Hayes and Duke Hudson. Um, and they're on the same side of the bracket. So the best they can do is meet in the final four. Hudson's already won his first match. Now he's into the final four. Spoiler alert, Carmelo Hayes beats Josh Briggs. Now they got to fight each other. This should be your 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 finals match. These both these guys are great. Over on the other side of the bracket, we know Odyssey Jones is through, but next week we're going to see Trey back Trey Baxter versus I forgot the guy's name. Sorry. Um, and I don't I don't care. I mean, I like Odyssey Jones a little, but Trey Baxter's good. But I, I, I really, I wanted my finals of Duke Hudson versus Carmelo Hayes so that whoever wins, I get to celebrate because that guy's awesome. And this match, is so, so good. Um. Not so, so good. Like, Carmelo Hayes is so, so good to me. I think Briggs has some interesting things about him. I'm a sucker for a big guy who goes over the top rope to the outside by, like, 
belly flopping over it, putting down a hand on the apron and like, go, didn't Kane used to do that? I know Kane used to do the thing where he would like go backwards over the top rope and do like a backwards roll. But didn't he used to do the thing where he would like go out or was that Undertaker? I, I love when, when big guys do that. He's also, you know, agile for the guy his size. So it's a huge, uh, big boot, sucker for a big boot, uh, big choke slam. Great. But Carmelo Hayes, man, that guy could jump so high. I'm I'm in I'm all the way in on Carmelo Hayes already. Um and I I also um like that like and also Briggs sold the hell out of um sold the hell out of this crazy like it was a it was it was a code breaker, right? That's what it was. It's a jumping, put my knees in your face, grab behind your head, pull you down so that your knee so my knees smash into your face. But um, he had to jump all the way up and put his knees right by six foot eight Josh Briggs' face and then drop him down. And when Briggs took it, he like he, he, he stood up and then fell on his face. That was a really good sell job. When you, when, when you are a, a, a giant, this is six, six, eight, 290, uh, and you've got you to sell for the little guy, sometimes it's hard. I mean, look at Omos. He's the worst seller I've ever seen. Um, Briggs is selling really well for another guy's offense. That's hard to do as a big guy. You don't know how much to do to make it look realistic. He made it look realistic. Kudos to Josh Briggs in defeat. But Carmelo Hayes wins with just a, a, it's like a, it's like a, Briggs is standing up, doubled over, and it's like an elevated, Leg drop might as well be an axe kick to the back of his head. Awesome, good for you, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, for the second half of the match after the commercial, Duke Hudson is on commentary and he's great, like he's ca- talking about himself in the third person. It's like, uh, uh, I think both of these guys are great. Um, I do, it's too bad Duke Hudson's in this tournament. Better luck next time. I love Duke Hudson. I don't want either of these guys to lose. I don't want Hayes or Hudson to lose. Uh, I want I want them to be co-champions, uh, and then I want them to be on my TV all the time. The intangible one, Cliff Beard, says, I think Hayes is going to beat Duke next round, then beat Jones in the finals so that Hayes beats all the big guys. Yeah, I can't see them putting uh, Joe Gacy. That's the other guy who's facing... Um, Trey Baxter. Trey Baxter's already been on TV and faced um, Kushida. Uh, so I feel like they're probably positioning him to move forward as well. But Joe Gacy could win that match. I don't know. Uh, actually, I think it's already been taped. But I, I'd look at the spoilers. So, um, Yes, Carlos. Ron Simmons. Farouk used to do that that exit where he would go over the top and p- brace himself with one hand and flip over. I love that exit. Thank you, Carlos. That was who I was thinking of. Um, I, I think that Odyssey Jones probably uh, beats Baxter in the second, in the, uh, in the, in the, in that final, in that, in that semifinal. This show is sponsored by better help. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. 
a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Probably. Uh, which would which would make, you know, Hayes, Hayes versus Jones would be good. And if Hudson were to beat Hayes... I think Hudson versus Jones would be good too. Cause because Hudson wouldn't be the big guy in that match. And I always love seeing guys who are big, but not as big as that guy. I like seeing those matches. Those are fun. Um so uh there's a there's a video from last week um where uh I don't. I have a nasty habit of somehow losing super chats. I have not yet. So get those in, guys. We're we're, we're moving along, uh, and I will read them and address them on the air. Mackenzie Mitchell interviewed Frankie Monet with the Robert Stone brand last week. Uh, the, all the possibilities we could do. I might team with Jesse Kamea. And then Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro come out and it's like, ah, you're not allowed to be a tag team. We're a tag team. It's like, they have more than one, ladies. It's okay. Um, you get the back of the line when it comes to a women's tag team title shot. Um, I, I, I like, uh, I like Frankie Monet a lot, and I like Jesse Kamea. In theory, like who knows what she could be? She's shown some flashes. Um, I am over Casey and Caden. I'm just, I just am. Like I feel like I've seen what they can do. Uh, I don't, I don't have enough interest in them as personalities to want to see them be tag champs. Um, and I don't think that what they do in the ring is good enough to make up for their lack of whatever as personalities. So. Like, they're just another team to me. Um, So 
So here's the big deal that happened in the middle of the show. Raquel Gonzalez uh, comes out with Dakota Kai. Raquel is going to address the situation about how she's beaten everybody in NXT. There's literally nobody else who even would want to step to me. Um, and then uh, she beat up Zia Lee, whatever. Um, Dakota Kai gets on the mic and says, um, she like takes Raquel's hand and says, since you debuted 18 months ago, you've been unstoppable. I tell people my best friend is Big Mommy Cool. She's the most dominant woman in NXT history, more dominant than Charlotte Flair, or Asuka, or Shayna Baszler, or anybody. You've beaten Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, all these other people. The list will continue to grow. This is the this is the best division in, in women's division in the world. And it is so because of you. Um Oh, because of one woman, she says. That's what she says. She doesn't say because of you. Because of one woman. Um, which is interesting. Uh, now, who's woman enough to challenge Gonzalez for TakeOver 36? We're waiting. Anybody at all? Nobody? That's right. We've been through so much together. And as long as I have your back, you will always be champion. And they pose together. The Dakota 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 Kai um, <laughs> uh, attacks Raquel. So I did enjoy the wordplay. As long as I have your back, you will always be champion. Too bad I don't have your back anymore. <laughs> I mean, I I thought that was clever. She didn't explicitly say that, but you don't have to. It's implied. I I thought that was good. She attacks her, hits her with a running kick to her face, uh, drapes the belt across uh, Raquel, uh, leaves. Later in the night, we see her like exiting into the parking lot real quick. Um, I, I'm, listen, I'm, this, this is the, this, we're always going to come here. We were always going to get to this point. Raquel versus Dakota Kai was always going to happen. We're always going to get there. I think they may have unnecessarily jumped to I'm going to attack you. Um I I I I we're we're pro friendship here on the post NXT podcast on Fightful. Um I would have loved to have seen Dakota Kai say, see nobody there's nobody who's who's man who's woman enough to challenge you. Except me. Now hear me out. I don't think I think we're the two best women in this entire division. And I would love to see just just once if I've got what it takes to beat you. So I think I could. No disrespect. Because I think you're amazing. You know that. You're my best friend. But I gotta know if there's one, one chance that I could beat you. And Raquel could be like, no, for the good of our friendship, like I'm, I, I don't think it's a good idea. And Dakota Kai could press and be like, leave our friendship out of it, just for competition's sake. You know how good I think you are, and I think I know how good you think I am, right? And then Raquel could be like. 
I, I, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. And then Dakota Kai could get pissy and demand the title shot and attack Raquel until she gets it. But instead, they go right to women be crazy, yo. They can't be friends. They just can't. Like, if Dakota Kai's first first option is let's be friends and have a friendly competition for who for may the best woman win. Let's let's have that. Um if that's her if that's if that's Dakota Kai's first first tactic and she feels disrespected by Raquel who's not disrespecting her she just doesn't want to ruin the friendship but Raquel but Dakota feels disrespected and that's why she has to take it up a notch that's another layer to the story the summer sl- the takeover is not for several weeks now you don't have to do this all at once you could do it over a couple of weeks or you could make this segment longer or whatever I just don't love the idea that like women have to turn on each other because they're you know, women. They, women can't have real friends, you know. That's just been a thing that Vince has done forever. Um, like it or not, NXT booking feels that way. But Dakota did her part very well. So did Raquel. Raquel seemed blindsided by it. I. I don't I don't I don't know how you make Raquel the babyface in this match. It's an interesting thing. Um but uh I don't know if it's going to work the way they want it to. But it might, who knows. Um it might. This is this is this is the only They they also I'm not, I'm not going to lie. They could have done this. They didn't do it. They could have, since Frankie Monet debuted, they could have been building her up this entire time so that Frankie Monet is a person who takes on um, Raquel for the title. Instead, like, they have, they have Frankie Monet win squash matches a couple of times, and now she's involved with the Robert Stone brand, which is just death. So, like, uh, they don't they want to do that. Yeah. Um, so uh, Adam Cole cuts a promo because he's got a match with Bronson Reed tonight. He has, he, he, he has words for both Bronson and for Kyle O'Reilly. Um, uh, yeah. What he says about Kyle O'Reilly is... Just boilerplate stuff. Like I, you know, keep stuff. Why are you obsessed over me? Keep my name out of your mouth. That's it. Which comes into play later. Which we should we should recognize for later. A lot of backstage segments uh, in this one. Uh, Io Shirai is training by herself, and so we start comes up and says, "You don't have to train by yourself. We're tag champs. We could we could train and work out together." And Io's like, "I don't like you." But listen, we don't have to have a relationship, but we should train together and look like figure out our tag team moves. Um, okay, fine, we'll train together, but we're not gonna hang out. Like, but we should hang out that way. We, you know, we'll just 
we'll get to know each other better. Not be friends, just hang out. Just trust me, you'll 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 like it. I, I promise. And then uh so Stark and Shirai aren't having matches as tag champs. They haven't defended the titles once, they don't have like a contenders match. Next week, it's gonna be Zoe Stark and Io Shirai hanging out, doing whatever Zoe Stark does, and Io Shirai is going to predictably either uh, not like it at all or like it way too much. There's going to be something weird about this whole get-together. Um, I really love Zoe Stark and oh, Io Shirai as a, tag, as a tag team. You don't have to make them the weird, resentful, odd couple thing. Like, you could make them a, a tag champs. You could, you could, do, you, you could do that. Um, Mandy Rose is talking with Gigi Dolan and JC Jane backstage. We can't hear what they're saying. Uh, Rose, uh, Mandy Rose sees the camera and chases it out of there. Hey, what happened to Dana Brooke? I'm just wondering. You know what I mean? Like, you know? Like, we sent Mandy Rose back to to NXT, and Dana Brooke is still on Raw, and what, what they, she was primed to have a tag team title feud with Mandy Rose as her partner, and you sent Mandy Rose to NXT out of the blue, and Dana Brooke hasn't appeared on television since. So I'm just wondering, like, is that a thing we're going we're gonna to do, or? Okay. Uh, not that I care about Dana Brooke, just because kind of an odd thing to do to somebody, anybody, a human being, out of the blue. Caden uh, and Casey versus Frankie Monet and Jessica Maya happens. Um, uh, yeah, this is bad. Uh, Frankie gets in some offense that's decent. Uh, DDT out of the corners, fun. Jessica Maya hits a big running clothesline, stuff like that. But the whole thing that this is all building to is. They they make the, the the commentators make sure to make a big deal out of Robert Stone carrying a merce, a men's clutch. Ray Barry, of course, talks about how much money it's it costs. So that's supposed supposed to be a thing. Um and uh yeah, like listen whatever you're into is totally cool. And it's weird that, that Beth Phoenix, who has been like the person who's like always on the side of you be, you do you is like, ah, can you imagine a man carrying a purse? Which just seems like the thing that like a Wade Barrett character would say, but like Beth Phoenix doing it just seems out of character, whatever. Um, he th- decides that he thinks that, um, that Frankie Monet needs to use the purse to hit Caden Carter with it to win the match when Frankie was already in the driver's seat, like she was already gonna win. It's a weird thing to, to just assume. Um, uh, and he does, and she says, "Here, take it loudly. Here, take it, take it, take the, take this. Hit her with it. Use it on her." And he throws it into the ring, like obviously in front of the ref. 
and it bounces off of Frankie and rolls away, and the ref goes and gets it. And and, and like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm yeah. And, and she takes it over into the corner, and and Robert Stone says, "No, no, no! Give it to her. She's supposed to use it on her." And so Frankie is distracted by this, and and loses. Uh, she hits a, a, a kick, and they had a, the big four fifty splash thing in the corner. Uh, pin Frank. Frankie gets pinned. Jesse Kamea could have gotten pinned, but no, it had to be Frankie because Frankie has is angry at Robert Stone. And like, there are lots of ways that you could have gotten Robert Stone away from the Frankie thing. If what you if the end goal is to have Frankie and Jesse Kamea become a tag team. I mean that's 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 several steps below where Frankie Frankie Monet should be in my opinion, um, but if that's your end goal, you don't need to do the whole weird rigmarole of throw the Merce in the ring. That was dumb. Um, yeah, she's she, she's pissed. So then Wade Barrett uh, interviews uh, Malcolm Bivens and Roderick Strong. Um, so uh, what happened? You 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 retired basically. What happened? Um, I couldn't break through all the drama of Undisputed Era, so I was just going to walk away. But then Bivens called me, reminded me of who he is, and that's why I knew it was for, it's like so. And then I like this B- Bivens. Um, Bivens says, uh, "Yes, Valab, it's a Merce. It's a man purse." Um, so Bivens says that Roderick Strong's not a number two. Or number three, he's not number four. He's the number one. He's one of the best in the world. Uh, no one could bring him back except for me, not even William Regal, who tried to bring him back. Um, uh, and so uh, Strong apparently wants a Kushida match um, for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, but first, he's got to get through Bobby Fish. So next week, uh, there will be a, a Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong match. Um, next week I'm going to finish fish for good. Finish your fish, Roddy, Roddy, no dessert until you finish your fish. I don't care that you don't like it. It's good. It's salmon. It's good for you. No dessert, Roddy, until you finish your fish. Also next week, we're going to get one of the all time great I predict this. Vince, Vic Joseph teases going into commercial when next week Vic Joseph says, Strong fish next. And I, then I want them to come back and it's just like, it's just like a tuna or I don't know, like a, like a gold, a goldfish, a goldfish, an animated goldfish inside a goldfish bowl, just like doing bicep curls with just, just jacked fins, just like strong fish next. Um, so, um, a hit row versus Imperium is, uh, it's fun because, uh, hit, uh, hit row is just really, really fun. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in it. I am not with it. I listen, I don't, it's, it's the old, still the grandpa Simpson line. I, I used to be with it, but then it changed. And now I'm not with it anymore. 
and what what it is is strange and scary to me. Is wearing a backpack for no reason a thing now? Because Ashanti of the Adonis wore a backpack to the ring like he was going to first grade or something. Like it was it was it, it matched his it matched his shirt. It was an all white backpack and he was wearing a white shirt. Is that a thing? Is is it a thing? I don't know if it's a thing. I don't I don't want to make fun of him because I really like Ashanti the Adonis and also I think he could beat me up. But why are you wearing a backpack to the ring, dude? Are are you bringing your change of clothes for gym class? Is, is did your mom pack you a lunch? I don't know. I don't I don't know. Um anyway, uh <laughs> I just love I just love Hit Row. They're so smooth. There's an amazing that just the way they enter the ring is just so cool. Because it's it's always four of them. And I love that in the background you have um Top Dollar, he comes up onto the apron and like he's facing upstage, like toward toward the crowd who's there. Like his back is to the, the hard cam, and he just sits on the middle rope, just nodding along the, to the thing. But also sitting on the middle middle rope, just just being there vibing. That pre- pre- provides the gap for B Fab to be able to get through the ropes. It's just so simple and very cool. I love it, bro. And Imperium is also. I'm also fans of Imperium. I like Bartel and Eichner. Bartel has been do- doing nothing but core work since I last saw him. My God, yes, uh, Vala Bfab was a, a Brandy Brianna Brandy on the on the in the Indies. She wrestles. I, I don't. I don't. I've never actually seen her wrestle, but she wrestles. So I'm, I'd be interested to see what what they do with her when if if and when she ever gets in the ring. Um, but this was a lot of fun because Adonis got to play. The, the face in peril for a while. And it was weird because like obviously Imperium are heels. They just they, they're obviously heels. Um you would you would you would you would think hit row are are heels too, but they're also in locked in a feud with Legato, which is which are definitely heels, right? So it's it's gonna it's a tightrope walking these whole things. Um, and, uh, Imperium are former tag champs. They're treated as such. Um, like Marcel Bartel, uh, is like 90% abs. Um, it's, it's a, it's a good match. Um, and, uh, Top Dalla is protected very well. I don't, I don't know what, what he can do, like really do. In like, uh, if you put him in a singles match and told him to go 15 minutes, I have no idea if he could do that. But being the heavy in a tag team works for this dude. Just, just works. Like he gets in the ring and just big, like he's got big jumping knee. He did this thing. Like this is so old school. He he did a body slam to a guy or whatever. Then he stands in front of him, looks the hard camp, card cam, does a taunt. Rose and like hits the ropes, goes over to him, stops, does a little dance, and then drops a big elbow. Like that is so old school. You don't see enough like five knuckle shuffle or people's elbow stuff or whatever road dog used to do. Like you don't see enough young guys doing those moves anymore. I think it totally works. Uh, 
um, there's a there's a, a lot of really good interplay between um, uh, between Imperium and um, and the two on the outside, Bfab and and um, Swerve. Um, there's um, it's a it's a it's a good match. I would I would recommend to watch it. Um, so. Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild suddenly appear and attack Swerve at ringside. Um, Adala gets out of the ring and levels both of them. But um, Escobar's at the top of the ramp. And so it's just Top Dala walking slowly up the ramp like, you get the hell out of here. Um, and uh, while that's happening, Adonis is left alone in the ring. So they do their big... Um, Finishing move to him, pin him. Imperium gets to the win. They need the win because they're moving on. They're 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 obviously pro- primed for a program uh, with MSK. They might get the shot versus MSK at Takeover Thirty Six, um, because Walter's going to be there, you know, facing Dragonoff. So uh, th- that that could be some good stuff. Um, I think that's what they're going to. So you've got to protect Imperium, but you also want to keep top, keep um, keep keep Hit Row uh, protected in some way. I don't love distraction finishes. I hate them. I think if you do like one every six weeks and it's done right, then it then it can work. They do them all the time. This was a distraction finish done right the team that gets the win needs the win to move on the team that law that loses is needs to be protected and is protected and the team that interferes to cause a distraction is the team that the team that loses is moving on to have a feud with i think it all works after the match um top dollar gets in the ring to to beat up um legato de fantasma um and he takes them all both two on one. They hold him down. He like hits a big knee and, and throws one around. And then they, they chop block him from behind. And then it's just like, they're beating the hell out of him in the corner. And then swerve runs in with a chair, swinging it wild over the place, hitting against the ropes and stuff. I love when a guy swings a chair so wild, it bounces against the ropes. I think that's a really cool visual. Um, and he is seething at Santos Escobar. So in this match, you've kind of figured out a way to turn hit row babyface, at least for now, versus Santos Escobar and his boys. Um, I'm yeah, I'm in I'm into that. Um there's also gosh, the way Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, all of them, they find wonderful ways to um they find wonderful ways to just make things make sense. We saw last week where Austin theory left, like he was feeling neglected and he left. He's going to the main roster. Uh, I think, um, but they were now they're backstage and Gargano and Larray and Indy are all figuring out a way who to blame for why he ran away from home. That's what they're saying. He ran away from home. Um, and 
I thought this was all really good. And then uh, uh, there's a knock on the door. Austin, is that you? No, it's not Austin. It's a delivery uh, for Indy. It's gift wrapped. She opens it up. It's a drawing from Dexter Loomis. Um, and it's, it's the four of them, Gargano, Candice, Indy, and Loomis all together. And then in the background... There's a there's a there's a there's a there's a golden maybe a yellow brick road that goes all the way up to the top of this hill and up at the top of the hill, turning back around to look at them wistfully, forlornly, is Austin Theory carrying a goddamn hobo bindle. It's perfect. And so Dexter is saying, "I want to be part of your family to replace Austin," and of course. Johnny and Candace do not like that one bit. No, sir. We're not going to have that. And then he's like, just give him a chance. You got to give him a chance. Um, and like, we will not be giving him a chance. No chances for him. No chance. No chance. Then Candace, Candace says, no chance in hell. I think this is all really good. And then, and he's like, well, how about this? Have a match versus Dexter next week. And if he wins, you have to give him a chance to be in our family. And, uh, and then Johnny says, but if I win, he's gone. He's out of here for good. I don't want to hear anything about him forever. No more index, no more nothing. You're done. And of course, with a stipulation like this, Dexter has to win. Why? Because it provides content. Dexter going on family outings with the Garganos and then them taping it, like they go to a, 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 a ice cream parlor, and everybody's sitting there licking their ice cream, and and Dexter's holding it there, and it's melting over his gloved hand. There's so many things you could do. I I need to see this stuff because I feel like their content for the Butler and L.A. Night thing that's coming to a close. So you got to replace it with other things that happened. Earlier this earlier today, you know, I think that's it. I think that's what we're gonna do. I'm very excited. Um, Intangible one, Cliff Beard says, if Lumi wins the Indy on a pole match, then Indy will really be on a pole after the match. Hey, hey, agreed. But okay. Um, so Bronson Reed versus Adam Cole. Bronson Reed's going to the main roster. He's had a couple of dark matches. He's uh, done a match for main event. He's going to the main roster, hopefully to SmackDown, where he has pitched himself uh, on Twitter to Roman Reigns as a guy who can win the Intercontinental Championship and then join the bloodline. Why not? According to Vince, I'm sure that a guy who's from New Zealand might as well be from Samoa. He's got the dark hair, the tattoo. If not, he'll get a damn tattoo. Uh, Bronson Reed versus Adam Cole is a classic little guy, big guy thing with Adam Cole doing all he needs to do. Bronson Reed getting a chance to hulk up a few times. This, I feel like, was... I feel like was what we expected. No, no surprise here. Adam Cole wins. Doesn't mean it was a bad match. It was a good match, I thought. Um... I, I I will say um, 
the 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 finish of the match is um Cole hits a, a Panama Sunrise on Reed. Now I'm of the opinion the Panama Sunrise is a is a move that can't be done on a guy that big. Um if you are that small, it can't be, can't be done without them really helping you, obviously. And it was obvious that Bronson Reed really helped Michael Cole. Oh, Michael Cole. Wow. Adam Cole. So I'm, I'm, I'm torn. The match, the, the move looked amazing, except for the fact that it looked like Bronson Reed did all the work. There you go. Intangible one. Cliff Beard says Bronson Reed is actually part Samoan, so him joining the great group makes sense. Maggle. I think I think it's true. <clears throat> yeah. Uh I think I think I think that is true. I think I did hear that. Um, but anyway, after he kicks out of the Panama Sunrise, he goes for the last shot, but uh Reed meets him, meets him with a big clothesline, then it's a huge power bomb, then goes up. For the um, tsunami, but he misses. And um, Wade Barrett tries to call his last tsunami before Bronson goes to the la- to the to the to the uh, main roster, but he can't because he misses it. But but Wade Barrett gets to try. He says, "Suno." And I, I just, I just wish that he had been able to do. Tsunami. Just go all the way with it. Uh, so then he gets up, and then he needs a super kick and uh, last shot to win. Decent match. Adam Cole gets a chance to like, after he rolls off of Reed after pinning him. He gets to hit. He just goes boom. That's good. That's good stuff. That's very heelish stuff. I like it. He's 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 backing up to the to the bottom of the ramp, throwing his old deuces in the air. Uh, when behind, out from behind behind him comes Kyle O'Reilly, who hits him with a chair a bunch of times, tries to strangle him with a chair, hit him a whole bunch of times, uh, and then uh, exposes the steps, and then does the brainbuster. Adam Cole, um, that's it. Like, Kyle O'Reilly needs to be, in the words of Samoa Joe, provoked if he's going to go completely off the rails on, on Adam Cole like that. I know they have a history, but that kind of violence needs to be provoked by something in the moment recently. Like, you you, know, you can't be like, like Kyle O'Reilly is just ha- hanging out backstage for the entire night, not doing anything. And he's like, well, I better go try and murder my former best friend with this chair. But why, what, what happened like right now that made you do that? Um, I know they have a history, 
but like all all Adam Cole said about Kyle O'Reilly was uh, he needs to keep my name out of his mouth. Why, you son of a bitch! I'm gonna kill you and your whole family. Like that doesn't make any sense. Proportional response. That's what we need from our baby faces. They say, "Ah, oh, Kyle O'Reilly has has uh has lost it. He's 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 snapped." Um. All right. <laughs> he certainly has, but I don't think it's actually motivated by anything currently. Um. We're definitely getting an Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly at Takeover Thirty Six. So fine. Um. But I did think it was kind of out of character, like. Kyle is supposed to be cool, Kyle. That wasn't very cool. Kyle? Not cool at all. Anyway, that was uh that was NXT. Um so uh if you want to hear me talk about other people who are flipping out with chairs like Drew McIntyre on Raw, uh you could just listen to me uh, right soon after this is, is over. I'll be on Fightful Select. Subscribe to Fightful Select. It's it's really is the best $5 you can spend in wrestling media. Please. Please. I will only say please one more time. Please subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Uh, please leave a like if you're if you've been watching it this long. It's ridiculous. Um uh, but yes, uh um thank you so much. Uh Fightful Faithful and uh, we'll be back here next week for after another NXT. I really thought tonight's show was excellent, but it's hard to get excited for a brand that has been destroyed by the by the by the guy in charge of it. Not Triple H, the guy in charge of Triple H. Oh, uh, there we go. Gordon Sully's gr- uh, Van Dam pick a hand. Gordon Sully's ghost approves of Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross. I'm off to the airplane, too, with a wet towel and cigarette. R.I.P. Sully. God bless. God bless you, too. See ya, Fightful Faithful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.